0: this is the greatest story ever played my name's dan and i have two friends here uh first up we've got adam yeah it's me i'm i'm, I'm adam <laughs> and then we also have andrew sup <laughs> that <was getting> stupid. <laughs> <laughs> you know both of them uh they've been on the show multiple times adam uh formerly of games and Groceries. Andrew, formerly of Good Game, Great Game, now they're both uh, music people, doing music stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And we're all here together, which is real exciting to talk about uh, Mario and Rabbids Kingdom Battle. So Mm -hmm. I guess first, uh, I'd want to give you guys a spot to just tell people what you're doing, where they
1: can find you, you know, all that stuff. So uh, Adam, what do you have for us? Uh, Yes, I do come before Andrew alphabetically, so (coughs) uh, I'm glad you recognize that. Uh <laughs> Yeah, so like Dan said, I'm doing music now. I'm on Spotify as Adam Evolt. that that's where you can find my first EP, The Essence of Life, which is a sci-fi story about a man who leaves Earth uh, to make a better life for him and his fiance, but suffers an anxiety attack along the way and tries to realize what really matters in his life. That's all an EP that you can find on Adam Evolt as well as my new single that's going to be introducing the full length album that I'm going to be working on this year as we're as you're listening to this. But you can also find me at, at Caster Garden, which is a lo-fi project that I'm just doing for fun. It's nice. And other than that, I'm also doing a Life is Strange podcast with Adnan Rias called Strange Cast. Uh, so as you're listening to this, I yes, I am overworking myself, and I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's a little bit about me. Awesome. That's great. What about you, Andrew? Yeah. Um,
2: also overworking myself. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) it's just the theme for, I don't know, just my whole life. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing I that's I'm mostly <laughs> lost most of the time but I am a member of an acapella group uh called Black to Gold and we've been hanging around since 2019 but we've officially been able to like put out a whole bunch of music this year so you can find us on like all the streaming platforms we have a single from last year minefields a cover of uh fauci and John Legends song that was like top 10 in an international competition for acapella so like that's pretty cool. Uh, and then just in October, we released our first full album. So we yes. have eight eight covers, one original song, and it's a really cool album. We put a lot of time into it, and we're really proud to share it with everybody. So go check out that stuff. And then, you know, if you follow us, I don't know, maybe something is coming holiday season next year. I didn't
1: say anything. What are you talking about? Can I just add in that Black to Gold's uh, it, the album is called Wide Awake, Yes. Yes such a banger if you're listening to this don't 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 listen to my music just just go listen to black to no, Gold. no listen to Why? both no <laughs> you have two you have two ears put black to gold in one ear and put Castor garden in the other <laughs> that's true because on Castor gardens uh ep that's coming out so hopefully by the time this is out uh andrew is featured on a track in the ep so you can listen to andrew in both ears oh boy (laughs) (laughs) i wouldn't want to do that to myself (laughs) oh that's great
0: super exciting both the things that you all are doing and the things you've did in the past like we mentioned all these links are going to be inside our show notes please go check out what adam and andrew are both doing there's lots of great stuff out there um and really cool Also, this is something we were saying before uh, we hopped on mic, but this is surprisingly the first time all three of us have been on an episode together uh, of any of our podcasts, which is pretty wild, uh, considering we've all collaborated with each other a number of times. Uh, So I think this is pretty cool and special that it is finally happening and to talk about such a silly game in Mario and Rapids (laughs) uh, together. So uh, once we got this locked in, I was pretty excited and looking forward to it. So cool to be here now. And I think with that, we can start hopping into Mario and Rabbids, since that's what you all are here to hear about. (laughs) So, would one of you want to grab the description for this game?
2: Mario and Rabbids Kingdom Battle. Uh, The Mushroom Kingdom has been torn apart by a mysterious vortex, transporting the chaotic Rabbids into this once peaceful land. To restore order, Mario, Luigi, Princess Peach, and Yoshi must team up with a whole new crew. Four Rabbids heroes. Together, they will battle with weapons through four worlds filled with combat, puzzles, and unpredictable enemies.
0: Amazing. (laughs) Perfect. And then, background for this game, it's developed by Ubisoft. Uh, People know them for Far Cry, Assassin's Creed, Rabbids. Kind of wild that they teamed up with Nintendo, and Nintendo let someone use their characters. That's not a very Nintendo thing to do. Um, Mm, Yeah. And I, I guess since we're already talking about them, I think this is probably a good spot to just talk about Ubisoft itself before we talk about this game. Oh, boy. <laughs> I know that Adam has thoughts on Ubisoft and has
1: been on a boycott, um, so this is a rare appearance for Adam talking about Ubisoft now. It's true. Like, I haven't been talking about it. I haven't purchased a game from Ubisoft. I haven't played a game from Ubisoft. It's usually my Christmas tradition to be playing through Assassin's Creed 2. Every single year, I'll put on Christmas music and I will play through Assassin's Creed 2. I haven't done that uh, since I started the boycott, and uh, it, it's not even about like all that. So let me just briefly explain what's going down at Ubisoft or Ubisoft, however you want to say. Uh, it really comes down to the CEO, Yves Gamol. Uh I'm probably going to be very brief about this because we want to talk about the silly game. <laughs> um, <laughs> but Yves Gamol is uh again the CEO of a very large corporation so when you have all these different branches right like in France America there's uh one I believe uh in Mexico Canada there's like places all over of course he's gonna let things slip under the cracks however however there were reports of abusive nature with the inner circle of Yeez Kamol like these are people he actually knows many of them being his blood relatives like his cousins uh, were part of this inner circle by abusive behavior there were actually reports of some of these inner circle people going into break rooms putting women in a chokehold and saying that, like, you have nothing to do with business, like, men run this world. Garbage like that. Cool. Um, there were stops yeah. of Odyssey happening with a woman protagonist. There's a reason why, in Ascendance Creed Odyssey, it's a male and a female uh, character choice. In Valhalla, there's a male and a female choice. That's because this inner circle said that women don't sell video games at all. So, There was definitely sexual harassment there was definitely people who uh tried to take other people into their inner circle by taking them to strip clubs and when people weren't comfortable with that um they just let them go they would terminate them or they would just shun them and so this comes down to the leadership of Yves and saying like hey you know of this these are your relatives why don't you do anything about it He's like, oh, yeah, we're going to put in uh, a committee to check out everything that's happening. Nothing's changing like the the abuse is still happening. Yves is still CEO. Um, So it just becomes so problematic that do you really want to fill the pockets of somebody who believes that women are beneath men and that they can't sell video games? So. It's kind of rough to say that, but until Yves, you know, steps down as CEO, then no, I'm not supporting Ubisoft. However, I do support friendship. So that's why I want to talk about (laughs) this on the show because I love my friends.
0: What a segue. (laughs) Yeah, that that is quite the segue. I'm glad you brought that up, too, because I remember a few years ago when a lot of things were going off on with their company. And for me, this is actually the first Ubisoft game I've played before. So when all that was going on, I was like, okay, cool. I guess I won't check out Assassin's Creed, Um, even though I knew people Mm -hmm. liked it. And so that's sort of where it, like, stopped for me. So this is good. I'm glad
1: hearing these details again to kind of reinforce... And that's the thing. It's like Ubisoft was once my favorite publisher ever. Like yeah. I loved I loved Watch Dogs. I did. I loved Watch Dogs 2. I loved all of the Assassin's Creed. Everything that Ubisoft put out, I was buying straight up. Rainbow Six Siege, That they were my favorite. But when all that stuff goes down, it's kind of like, again, I didn't feel great to be like, cool, so here's more money to abuse women here you go (laughs) but if you and and i want to say this to the listeners if you still want to buy mario rabbits i'm not going to guilt anybody if if that's if you're just saying like well i want to i want to support the developers that do this i'm i'm not trying to say you're a bad person if you want to keep buying ubisoft games but just also recognize that if you're in a workplace situation, you should stand up. You should be fighting against this sort of abuse in your own life. But for right now, like this is the time for me to stop it with my own dollars. And Ubisoft stock has dropped since the boycott has has come out. So now they're panicking. But again, I want to reiterate, if you want to get this game after we talk about it, no harm, no foul. I still love you. If I could kiss you on the forehead, I would.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I I look at it very much as like a, it's the same sense of like recycling, right? If you fail to recycle some cans, like there is so much emphasis put by like the government and by all the things that talk to us about like your individual responsibility, your carbon footprint, like no. The yeah. companies, the corporations are doing all of the stuff. Like your couple of aluminum cans that you forgot to recycle are not causing global warming.
1: Exactly. <laughs> like,
2: yes. And so it's very much the same way. If you're still if you're still enjoying these games and you see this as a way of supporting those individual developers or something like that, or you know what I mean? Like your $60 in the pot or out of the pot is not making or breaking, you know, CEO <laughs> in in exactly. either way. And so Yes, collectively, I think there are a lot of people that are looking at it in a similar way to Adam and and myself to a certain degree, and it sounds like Dan as well a little bit. Where it was just like we heard these things, and it's like, uh, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. I, for me, it was very much. I was excited about like Watchdog's Legion. Watchdog. What? Hello. I just had a stroke. Sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think I said the name right, and my brain was so convinced that it was like you said not real Legion, words. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, but, like, I, when that got announced, I was really excited for the concept of Watch Dogs Legion, and then, like, all of this came out, and I just ignored it. Like, I just then said, I'm not looking at that game. I didn't think about it, and that was that. I have Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I bought it, and I've never unwrapped it. And I know that me unwrapping the game and playing it, now that I've already given the money, doesn't change yes. anything. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> but it's still, like, it's just weird. It. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like, I can still play Assassin's Creed 2 at Christmas time. It's just like, I don't know, like in the back of my mind, I'm like, I just don't even want to think about that, man. Like it's it's that was a pretty rough situation. But like if if I wanted to even even Liz, my my wife, Liz, who's also featured on the EP, when she was just like, you can still play. It's not like they're going to like see you're playing like, aha, Ubisoft's (laughs) not going to be like, aha, he stops his boycott like they might. They might. It's like they might. They're, they're just like watching my my gamer tag. Like ah, a Ubisoft game. It's actually Eves himself it. is watching your gamer tag. <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh come. On. He's just like twirling something. Like come on, Adam. Come on, it's Christmas time. You know you want to. If I can break Adam, I don't have to
0: resign. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> no. Oh <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. I no. Know. Uh,
0: yeah. I I think this is good, though, to bring up, and I I think, like Andrew said, I think that each person, I think, can, I don't know, take their own principles and stuff as to how they would want to relate to, I don't know, a video game company, or, you know, really, really anything, Um, and I I think that's cool, and I think worth noting in this whole thing, And, and I think that that does matter of what that's like, you know, like... For me, getting this game too, I borrowed it from a friend, so I haven't given Ubisoft any money yet. Um, nice. Now yeah. I do want to buy the sequel after playing this. Um, so I know. that um, I
1: love this game.
0: Yeah, so that um, that path will be crossed in the future, um, mm-hmm. and we'll see what happens at oh. that point in time. But you know what I just realized:
1: hmm. you buy this game used, you're only giving money to the actual game establishment. You're not giving money to Ubisoft. So let's start talking about what GameStop is probably... I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, yeah. well, like, go, to your local, go to your local game store. Like, I, I, out here in North Dakota... By the way, I live in North Dakota. There is something called Rock 30 Games. It's a locally owned... Um, you know, a uh, video game establishment that sells retro games and all that. Do you you everybody's got their local place, they just haven't researched it. Yeah, don't go to GameStop, stop it. Don't do that. <laughs> I worked at a GameStop for 2 years. Don't go to GameStop. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, that's great. But
0: yeah, I'm glad we got to hit that up off top. I'd say let's talk a little bit about this game uh just kind of i know this game is not one with a particularly heavy story um but we do do non-spoiler thoughts kind of off top so i guess this could be a a spot where we could kind of share some things about this game before we kind of dig a little deeper into it for me i guess one thing i have is -hmm. this is the first time i've played any like tactical turn-based type of game in quite a long time i used to play like some war games like that on computer as a kid but really, haven't picked up anything like that, uh, like the XComs of the world, or you know, whatever, until this. And uh, I don't know. I feel like that was like a, a light bulb moment again of like, oh my god, I used to love this back, uh, you know, as a child playing games like this. So this was. Uh, I I really really enjoyed that with this. Have are you two uh, people who've played turn-based games? Is this the
1: kind of game you like? What's your
0: sort of experience? Uh, Andrew, there?
1: have you played turn turn-based, turn-based games?
2: I don't know what you're talking about. That's not the main thing I play all the time everywhere. What? No, <laughs> the, you're,
0: you're, you're the uh, Final Fantasy Tactics guy, right? That's, I, you're like, that's a big thing for Tactics you. Final Fantasy
2: Tactics is one of my top five games of all time. Fire Emblem is, like, one of my favorite video game series of all time. I play, like, I play Fire Emblem games on repeat on, like, the hardest difficulty because I like to punish myself. Um, <laughs> yes. So, yeah, strategy, turn-based strategy is, like, my thing. I love plotting out moves and like thinking things through and then moving my pieces around the board and i don't know there's something very very viscerally satisfying about those games for me so yes
0: i'm very familiar with this type of game does noob question is fire emblem does it play like this where you would like have a a level and then you need to kind of kill your bad guys as you go through it i mean On that basic sense, yeah,
2: most of the levels in Fire Emblem are go kill your bad guys. Um, (laughs) But I would say uh, Fire Emblem is, like, seven... Like, if this is the first circle of hell in terms of complexity of tactics video games, Fire Emblem's on, like, the eighth circle of hell.
0: (laughs) Okay, so you'd want to ease your way up to Fire Emblem. Fire Fire Emblem Emblem has a lot more
2: systems to get used to. Fire Emblem has... I wouldn't say it's quite as complex as, like, Final Fantasy Tactics, because Tactics has, like... Well, some of the never mind. I lied because some of the newer Fire Emblems are, you know, when you can change all your character's class, and so it's like you're customizing your character in so many ways to make them like the best fighting machine. Like, yeah, it gets pretty, gets pretty in depth. Uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses, I think I've put over like seven hundred hours into because I've played through. It has wow. to be fair with Fire Emblem Three Houses. There are four storylines, so I played the game through four yeah, times. Not to play all all. But, yeah, not the storylines. But. I would say probably 200 of those hours were like just investing in my units and getting them where I needed them to be.
0: (laughs) Wow. that's All right. Another noob question. What would be your like next level up from this? If this is like level one of Mm. the circle of hell, what would be like,
1: what should I play next if I want to
0: keep playing games like this?
1: Hmm. That's a good question. Um, That's a very good good question. I wouldn't say XCOM either because XCOM goes into permadeath and that, that's very stressful. Permadeath uh, is very
2: stressful for a lot of people, except for me, where I play yes. Fire Emblem <laughs> with permadeath on, and I think everyone who doesn't is a heathen, but it's fine. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, so you, you want the real consequences if you don't make yeah, it. Yeah, well,
2: I think it's more that I'm like a bit of a purist. I'm one of those annoying people who like started playing early in the series when there was not an option to turn it off, and so now when people turn it off, I'm like, You baby! And it's like, I, I know I'm just gatekeeping people, but that's how I live. Um, <laughs> I think... The first game that's kind of coming to mind is Into the Breach. It's a little... okay, good,
1: oh good one. It's a little yes.
2: indie. It feels like an XCOM light. It's a little bit more tactical and technical than this. I mean, this is a fairly basic battle system, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think it's as crazy as XCOM. There is a certain level of permadeath, but there's like avoidability to it. So I would say that that's maybe one to check out. It's a, it's a really cool little indie number.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I can agree to that. Okay, that's helpful. I've heard of Into the Breach, but uh, I didn't know anything about it other than hearing its name. So that's helpful. Uh, Thank you for your advice on digging into this style of game. (laughs) Yes.
1: (laughs) Or, Or by the next game, Used.
0: Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. Also that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, 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 after playing this, I definitely want to buy the next one used
1: from my local game store. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> and you have to question the cashier. It's like, have you been guilty of anything? Have you? Did you cut the six pack cans in half before the turtles get snapped in half? Like, no, I didn't. Like, I can't buy it from you. I'm sorry, dude. Sorry.
2: You also have to hack into all their camera feeds and make sure they don't have a wire tracing back to Eves.
1: it's like wait a second why is this one going to France no reason (laughs) um Yeah. Uh, The
0: other kind of main thought I had with this is just, uh, you know, going back, I had so much fun with this. I think something that was really great about this game is it's perfect for short chunks. I, I know that the Switch, I think at its best, is something where you can play it for 30 minutes and put it down, but you actually accomplish something in the game, which for me has made my Switch like the perfect thing for my lunch breaks at work is just grab my Switch, go play for 25 minutes, um go back to work but get to actually do something enjoy it re-w- like uh relax oh and all you, that stuff. you
2: only play video games during your lunch break uh-oh am i doing work wrong <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh but it, it, it's so helpful i i don't know i really like that about this game is you know you could just complete one level in a world and you could leave and you're like all right i'm, I'm making progress in this game i got satisfaction from beating this level you know all of that stuff so Um, yeah, I don't know. I had such a great time with this game. Way more than expected. You know, going into this, I was like, I don't even know what the rabbits are. Like, um, (laughs) um, and it was so fun.
1: Oh, my. And did you, uh, I I, I haven't checked your notes yet. Did you pick up the package that had the DLC in it? I don't think the DLC was in it. Um, I I just borrowed it from a friend, so I just had uh, whatever they had, so. Yes. Uh, the DLC has Donkey Kong. and. Oh so good. It's it worth really
2: it. Good. If you if you get yes. a second to get the DLC, like it's worth it. I had a lot of fun with the DLC. Okay. Get the DLC used. <laughs> 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 just,
1: just go to your game store, like, can I just bet it? did somebody trade in the DLC by any chance? Did somebody just trade in the code? Like, <laughs> uh, yes. Someone did. You can do
0: that, right? That makes
1: sense. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh yeah those were a couple things for me what do you guys have that kind of early thoughts on this game you know whatever that kind of stuff
1: uh Andrew you go first
0: oh gosh Uh,
2: (laughs) um I kind of came in in a similar spot to you uh Dan in the in terms of like I didn't know the Rabbits. I knew conceptually that they existed but I'd never played a Rabbits game or anything um i didn't know what to expect with this it's it just felt so out of the blue and like such an unexpected crossover and so i think when i was first coming into it i was like this is gonna be stupid like do i want this but then we played Mm -hmm. it for good game great game and i think that i don't know that i would have ever played it without that you know i mean like maybe somebody eventually would have been like it's actually really fun and then i would have picked it up but i'm not sure uh And I ended up really glad that I did like this game has a very distinct sense of humor. It used the rabbits perfectly Mm -hmm. Um, in exactly the way that I think the minions have gotten like overused. And I'm now tired of the minion humor. I think they they did just the right level of stuff here for the rabbits. (laughs) Yeah. And so, yeah, I had a lot of fun with it, I think. It's a little bit spare, just in terms of, like, like the weapon, you know, when it has, does it have spring or push or honey, and it doesn't really necessarily tell you what all of those do, but I think mm-hmm. the mechanics are simple enough, and you see them either from your side or from the enemy side soon enough that it's just sort of like you can catch on to it, so it does this really good job of, like, it is not holding your hand and giving you a two-hour tutorial that teaches you everything instead you just sort of learn as you play and the system is streamlined and simple enough that you can like figure it out and i thought that was like really satisfying and probably i mean speaking as a strategy person i don't know but i would assume (laughs) pretty accessible to like non-strategy players yeah um so yeah i don't know i mean for the most part like my overall thoughts are just like this game makes me giggle and laugh and i like it
0: (laughs) 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 totally i i agree i thought this was super accessible i haven't played a strategy game in like 20 years so yeah (laughs) to to play this and i was like oh okay i i remember some of these kind of ideas (laughs) and being able to work with it and, and figure out the right honey versus fire and oh what do i like about them and Yep. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Capitalizing on my moves and dashing someone and then shooting them or, you know, yep. whatever.
2: Um. Oh, when uh, you can c- pull off a combo that's like you dashed someone and then you jumped on your friend's head and then you bopped the rabbit on the head and then you shot them. Like, ah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
0: it's so satisfying. It's <laughs> so good.
1: I mean, that that's definitely like what I think about this game cuz like I'm not a strategist. I'm definitely not a game strategy kind of guy. My main games that I play are skateboarding games like I am in love with the Tony Hawk series. I Ali Ali World is my game of the year this year. I don't know if you follow me on Twitter, but (laughs) I I talk about it a lot (laughs) like, um, but I, I love skateboarding games. So this to me was very accessible and I played this in 2020. Like I played this, I believe, like in the peak of the pandemic when I just tried to find some sort of joy in life. Mm-hmm. And, and I remember it was, it was on sale on the, the, the Switch store and it was the, uh, the DLC package. It was on sale for like 15 bucks. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll pick it up. And boy, howdy, did I have a good time with this game? Like what Andrew said, it just makes you laugh and giggle. And in the height of the pandemic, that's all I really needed was to like laugh and giggle. Mm-hmm. Um, and this game is not just only that, but it's just it's good fun. And just like what Dan said, it's, it's easy to pick up and just just to play for a little bit. Just like, oh, I'm going to do one or two battles and then just be done for the day. You don't really have to think about it a lot. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's, it's the perfect game if you just want to get into strategy games or if you just want a, a really fun, good time in a, in a and we're still kind of we're still kind of in a pandemic right now. I, I don't know if anybody knows, <laughs> uh, but, you know, it's still a depressing time. It's still kind of weird. And if you're looking mm-hmm. for something that to get you out of a state of, um, you know, I'll say the word depression, you know, I, you know, I think this game is like good for people like that. Like it gets you thinking it gets your brain going, but at the same time it shuts off your brain at the same time. Yeah, no, for real. And uh, I I think that like, like both of you have brought
0: up like the, uh, I don't know, comedy aspect that's in here. And you don't get that a ton in games. Some games have it like Andrew and Mm -hmm. I most recently talked about untitled goose game, all comedy all the time, uh, (laughs) uh, which is great, but another great pandemic game to cure your depression. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, exactly. um, and i I don't know, there's something really there. I think that comparison you made to the minions when they first came out, I feel like the rabbits totally have that going on is when you see them, you're like, oh my gosh, you're like in despicable being one. when mm-hmm. I liked the minions and they were just so stupid and fun. that's what the rabbits really feel like. And uh I don't know. It, it was nice. And I think you know, like you said, I don't have an oversaturation of rabbits. My only time experiencing rabbits was playing this for. 20 hours or whatever right so right um, yeah i fully thought
2: i was gonna hate them in the game and now rabid peach is my queen so
0: (laughs) yeah just so fun all the way through um awesome Uh, i think these are good good kind of intro thoughts for us uh and we can kind of dive a little deeper into the game um this is normally I'd, where I'd say there's spoilers ahead. Really, this is a strategy game. There are a few spoilers in a story, but really, it's a Mario game and a strategy game. There aren't tons of spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> um, really, you could listen to this whole thing. You should still play it. Go play it. Uh, you know, buy it from your local game store, as we've said. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. So, um, kind of starting off, our game begins with there's uh, an inventor. Who's a really big Mario fan. And they create this product called a Super Merge. And it can merge any two objects together. Uh, it goes off as they like leave the room. And it pulls um, Mario in with uh, the Rabbids. And it basically kind of smashes these together. The Rabbids and the Super Merge uh, pull the Rabbids into Mushroom Kingdom from uh, this Mario poster. And so you kind of start off with the beginning of the game with this sort of, uh, cut scene of sorts of, uh, the rabbits bringing chaos to Mario <laughs> and their whole world and, uh, a lot of things happening. So right off the bat, you have, uh, basically a Roomba named Beepo, um, who's kind of your guide through this game. You have Mario and then, uh, a rabbit gets merged with Luigi and with Peach. And this is kind of your original party to start this game. Uh, and they sort of set off together to try to solve uh, Mushroom Kingdom's problems and get the rabbits back where they belong. So um, this is sort of your intro to the
1: game. What was kind of your feelings when you like first started playing this? Uh, first off, I was very sad. Because, again, I've seen trailers for this game, and I saw them, like, kind of all going in a line traveling and i'm like how do you control this but you control beepo you control this little Roomba character and i gotta mm-hmm. say that's so satisfying to control the the camera i remember got a little wonky at times i didn't really it's like very it. selective about when it will let you rotate the camera
2: and not yes yeah
1: and i, I wasn't very happy with that but when you're when you're just when you're just focusing like okay I'm just the Roomba character and everybody just follows along with me it, I don't know it's it's very satisfying to control, um, and I liked the aesthetics of everything I liked the mm-hmm. I I, I like the intro cutscene I loved how everybody was introduced it was just very fun from the get go and I was like okay I like it it had a great hook to it and I'm mm-hmm. like yeah this is good I was like yeah I'm I'm in it I'm 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 invested.
2: Yeah, I feel like I had a similar kind of thing. I was like... I I definitely remember also having little moments with the camera, but also uh, the exploration is, like, fairly simple. Everything in the game is kept fairly simple, so I think there's, like, a lot of extra room to forgive the things that maybe are a little annoying because it's just like, well, but it's simple, it's streamlined. It's like Adam said and and you, Dan, like, how you can do one or two battles. Everything's in nice, bite-sized packages, Um, and Mm so that like getting that structure right off the bat in the game, like after the opening cutscene and you go to the first few battles and you're like, oh, this is gonna be like great. Doses of doses of serotonin every
1: five seconds. Thank you. Like <laughs> Yes. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like the battles are they they're they're not too complex, but they do make you think. Like if you uh-huh. if you if you play it to uh well not even stupid i won't even say that word if you just play too um trigger happy i, I want to say like too cocky mm-hmm. like if you play too cocky it will recognize that you got cocky and it will like destroy you but for the most part as long as you're thinking in some form of strategy you will win the battle and i think there's something satisfying to doing that if you just like if you go in it to be like okay i need to beat this guy this guy there's a there's someone merging from a from a rabbit hole here. So I got to think about that. Mm-hmm. Um, as long as there's some sort of strategy going on, it's satisfying for you to be like, okay. And again, what Andrew's saying is there's a lot of serotonin involved for someone who doesn't play a lot of strategy games.
0: Yeah. yeah. I feel like the simplicity you both described, I think really does set this here of like, if you're, uh I don't know, a kid picking this up, like if a kid pick this up, yeah, they could be like, oh, I've never played a strategy game, but get it. Or for someone who hasn't played a lot of strategy games like Adam and I, it seems uh, that this again, oh, cool, I can figure this out. I can roll with Mm it um, and do it. And I think this game does a pretty good job of adding to it as you kind of go on. So, like, I feel like any good game, they set you up with, okay, this is what a level's like, and then they build off of that. So in this game, you've got four worlds. Um, that comprise basically your whole time in this game. And each world has eh, 10-ish levels, I would say. Um, And what will happen is you'll go into your world. You'll get to, say, level one. um, You'll walk into it. It'll show you kind of the map of the battle you're in and the enemies that are visible at that time. And so you'll start off. You might see three bad guys... And you have your three characters. Okay, how are you going to take out these three bad guys? And it'll also give you a goal for how many turns to do that. So uh, the game believes you can take them all out in the next three turns. Okay, how do I do that? And it sort of sets you your mission. Um, And really, that's what happens basically every single level. But you get more and more bad guy types that kind of increase your variety of how that could go. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Uh, So in uh, Ancient Gardens... They've got kind of three main bad guys. This is our first world. Um, they start you off small. And really, I would say, let you get used to everything. But, um, you know, not that... Like like Andrew described, I don't think they baby you and give you a two-hour tutorial. But they do, you know, let you figure it out for a while. I feel like mm-hmm. the first hour of the game, I wasn't necessarily playing it right. But it was easy enough that it worked out for me. And then I could get stronger strategy as I went Because when I realized um you know new challenges or whatever so kind of your bad guys you start off with um you've got kind of your standard bad guy they have a gun they move at a normal rate you know all of that Mm. you've got another bad guy who is called a hopper uh they likewise have a gun like your regular one but they can jump so what they can do is like spring off of another teammate to cover more ground uh so they have a difference in them And then lastly, there's a smasher. This is, like, a a big dumb rabbit who has a big rock who will smash you with it. Um, But they're slow. And uh, also, but slow and aggressive is basically their thing. So if you, like, shoot them, they're going to charge you. So um, it brings in kind of, within these three bad guys, there are different ways to fight them. Uh, You know, a strategy you learn early on is with the big dumb smasher. Don't shoot them. Just uh, dash them and try to kind of wear them out that way uh, is a good way to handle them. So, uh,
1: yeah, those are your first kind of couple of bad guys. I mean, as you're describing the enemies, you were describing like I'm originally from Philadelphia and you were describing a great like depiction of Philadelphia. You you go into Philadelphia and there's a (laughs) rabbit. He's got a gun and uh, you got (laughs) to dodge him. There's another rabbit. He also has a gun. (laughs) That is a big dumb rabbit he's got a rock so what you want to do I mean if you were going to Philly just look out for the rabbits in Philly you're good <laughs> <laughs> I'm also drinking sake if you haven't, if you haven't uh, oh my god! that's the real plot twist of this
0: episode that, that, uh, <laughs> I was not expecting a Philadelphia reference that's yeah, great I was like, oh, uh, the rabbits do have guns <laughs> <laughs> um so that gives you sort of the lay of the land of your basic bad guys to start this game um also uh in each world you end up getting kind of a mid-level boss uh, so probably level five or six and then a end of level boss at kind of like level 10 once mm-hmm. you make your way through so um with this one you get a rabid crossed with one of the piranhas from mario uh, the like piranha flowers And then at the end, you get a rabid uh, Donkey Kong crossover. Um, Those are your kind of main bad guys you get here. Uh, A story thing that happens along the way is Bowser Jr. sees one of the rabbits, who he nicknamed Spawny, who is kind of connected to this uh, merging device, uh, that this rabid piranha happened. And so Bowser Jr. is like, okay. I'm going to just cross rabbits with all sorts of bad guys and I'm going to take over mushroom kingdom. So uh, while his dad, Bowser is on vacation. So Bowser jr is kind of seeing this as his opportunity to, you know, step to the plate. So he takes spawning off uh, to create havoc across mushroom kingdom that we have to deal with in kind of the oncoming levels (laughs) that we have to deal
1: with. That's a good way to play. Now we got to deal with this tiny Bowser. Great. That he's going to spawn rabbits with this guy. Um, no, yeah, this is a, this was a great introduction to the game, because like you said, it starts you out small. It doesn't expect a lot of you. And I think rabbit Kong was a great final boss in this. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, he definitely was like, okay, now there's going to be boss encounters. And this is what you can expect from it. It's not going to be like a, I, I remember thinking about this. Like, okay, it's not your average battle. Now he's going to actually affect the ground around you like you can't be hiding in a certain place because he will flip the switch on you and now you have to think about like where you are in the environment uh, mm-hmm. so i i definitely think this world was a great introduction to the entire game to get you started very slowly Hmm. yeah yeah i agree
2: i i this this uh rabid kong boss battle is the one that like sticks in my mind the most and i think it was just because it was this time like um i guess it was the first time because like you know ancient gardens is is fairly well paced but for the most part is just pretty introductory in terms of like the tactics and the enemies and what you're gonna have to do and it's it's fairly base level and this Mm -hmm. was the first time where a battle really kind of threw you a curveball and was like you thought that you could always use this strategy of just like hiding like this or like doing this exact thing and Rabbit kong says nope
0: (laughs) (laughs) And you have to adapt, and I love adapting. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, that was really great. Um, Also, I guess uh, other features that I guess you more experience by the time you uh, fight Rabbit Kong is uh, each of your characters have skill trees, you have skill points that you can invest into different things into your character, so if you want them to be able to uh, have more moves or their, uh, damage is more powerful or whatever. You can set your team up to be how you'd like them to be. And then also, as the game goes on, you unlock more characters for your squad, so to speak. So you always have your kind of base three, and then you can kind of sub them out and use them as you wish. Uh, each character has, uh, certain specializations that they'll have. Um, and I don't know, that's a cool feature that they kind of bring along the way for you here as well.
1: Yeah, like, you definitely have to think about, like, even after you lose a battle, I remember, now we're going ahead of this, I'm not going to get, like, too spoilery, but uh, as you progress through the levels, you're just starting to think, like, okay, this is a perfect time for me to use this character, because this character has this power up, so you can't Mm -hmm. just, like, I mean, you can, you can use any form of three, but you, you don't select them by random, it's another strategy of, like, who do you want in your three, as well. Uh, but, yeah, I like that part of the game, too, that it didn't just, like, allow it to be random, but it actually made you think about, like, okay, who do I want in the power moves here? So, I, I like that part about the game. Mm-hmm. I would still say I sort of just, like,
2: pushed through with my main three for most battles until I, like, got stuck on some stuff, and then maybe I would think about switching. <laughs> yeah. I definitely was like I I refused to ever bench Rabbit Peach because I loved her so much Um, oh yeah Rabbit Peach was always by my side like she was always in three and then it was really just like I guess I think I maybe did some occasional switching between like Luigi and like someone else like if Luigi I really like Luigi because I like a sniper character I liked having someone who was like had range and, and power and like yes but then some of the other later characters had some interesting things, so I would occasionally switch him out to give them tries. Mm-hmm. But I think I would still say that like Mario, Rabbit, Peach, and Luigi were my primary three.
1: I think this game was good in a way of just like it allowed you to have your personal, uh, your personal three. Because I would say that like like Luigi was always in my three. And also Rabbit Peach. Uh, Mario, I don't think I really had. I think it was always Rabbit Mario that I always Mm. put into my team. I loved Rabbit Mario's uh, hammer. But uh, yeah, no, I really liked uh, different things. And you could just, you can find your own three and go through the levels of that because that's the ones you're comfortable with. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. And and I guess also, also describing that each character has certain weapons they'd use and you could upgrade their weapons as you went and they would have those variations. So like with Mario, he had uh for his gun, you could upgrade it and have it either be honey, which would like stick the character where they are so they couldn't move on their next turn, yeah. or you could do a bounce and that could knock them off the level and have them get like additional damage. Um and so that oh. was pretty cool too of figuring out okay, which power up do I like more? So for me, I really like not having characters be able to move. So I used Honey more often, and then I used Fire. um, Because, you know, if you catch someone on fire and it creates chaos in a group, that's huge. Uh Um, Uh So those were the two I leaned on more often. Um, But it was pretty cool, like, just seeing what you could do with your different people. And I don't know, how your squad could make you successful. It was also interesting,
2: like, thinking about how those power-ups differently... You could use them for different strategies because I th- I think I'm the same as you. I, I got really invested in fire uh, mm-hmm, on my first yeah. playthrough, and I was doing a lot of that and splitting up groups of enemies. And, like, when there's large groups of enemies, it's a great move. Mm-hmm. But Honey, I was kind of thinking, like, okay, them not being able to move is, like, okay, but I don't know, like, bounce can deal additional damage. So I was never really sold on Honey until I started combining it with Mario's Hero site. And then I was like, "Oh, he's literally trying to go somewhere, and I shoot him halfway there, and now he can't get there." (laughs) Yes.
1: Oh, it's so good. No, that's what I used to do. Yeah, with um, like I would use this hero sight, honey. Yeah, I'm starting to remember my strategy now. That was good. I I will say this: it's not in the notes, though. Uh, Can I say the one thing I hated about this game? Do it. The toad missions. Oh. Toad. hated yeah. those to- I hated them oh my if I could say like one thing I couldn't stand out of this game was all the toad missions like because <laughs> if you don't know just to briefly explain like toad's on one side and you have to get him in the other but he gets in his own way all the time and it's like toad 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 would you like to contribute at all no you're just gonna you're just gonna like piggyback off me just to get to your spot great thanks toad Hate yep you. Right. I
2: mean, this it's and it's super weird because escort missions have never been annoying in any game. <laughs>
1: <Yes>. <laughs> Resident Evil Four definitely didn't get in the way of the story. It's clearly in this one. No. Oh my god, was that was Resident Evil Four, Ashley? Yes, Ashley's the yes. worst. Yes, she was. All escort <laughs> missions are awful. <laughs> I don't know why they keep developing them. Right. No.
0: Yeah awful and toad's toad's already annoying like to have to escort toad double bad um Mm -hmm, yeah but yeah escort missions toad uh toad can't fight he's always carrying a block so he's vulnerable and then um he's slow because he's carrying this block and you're like god and and he can't like jump off of someone to get anywhere like he sucks you just have to basically kill everyone and then bad guys start spawning behind you and then it's a race to the end like they're (laughs) there's they're frustrating, and you get the toad missions, I think every world has one, yeah,
2: I think that's right,
0: and so you get there and you're like, toad again, God, yeah uh, <laughs> oh, God. um i don't
1: I don't think he's in the d l c if I remember correctly, I don't think there's any toad missions in that that's good, yeah, I don't remember toad missions there either
2: Mm-mm.
0: yeah, that's nice, um yeah. I guess also uh I guess a different gameplay thing that didn't get written down, but Um, something about these levels that I think is pretty satisfying is if you fail a mission, you can kind of see where your strategy didn't work and implement a new way to do it and kind of figure that out on your own. Um, I know that sometimes when I'll play games, if I fail something... Uh I may not know why I failed or not be sure of what to try next, or it's oh I just didn't do the buttons right and it's annoying. Um mm, instead yeah. here, it's okay, I had the wrong strategy, what's the right one? Oh, okay, I shouldn't shoot the smashers right away because then they just wreck me because when they hit you it's half your health. Okay, you need to do it this way. Um, you know, whatever. So I feel like this game um, I don't know. I didn't feel like failing a level for me just made me angry and thought it was, okay, I need a better strategy, which I think yeah. they did a really good job in this
1: here. I agree. Mm-hmm. No, I... it was, it was, it was go, friendly go, go for the ones. Oh, sorry. I, I was just going to say it's friendly for the people who have never played a strategy game. Uh-huh. And you can't really think in the terms of a strategy game because you've never played one, but it introduces you to say like, Hey, you could have done it this way, dummy. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, I think it's, I think it's easily
2: underestimated how satisfying an active learning experience can be, like, because it, this, uh, this is, this is exactly what happened. Um, So during the pandemic, I taught myself, I was like trying to teach myself coding and, also, oh, yeah. I was poor, so you can't afford any of the actual like coding boot camps or anything like that. So I'm just trying to find whatever classes I can find online where they cost $50 and then I write a five-page essay about how I'm poor and then they give it to me for free. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so it was a hodgepodge of classes that I was taking and some of them were very like pass-fail. You know what I mean? Like you would have a coding challenge and you would have to try the thing and you would put it in and then you would like get your grade back and it would be like, you didn't get that right. And I'd be like, sick. Thanks for the feedback. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Versus yeah. there was one particular course I took from MIT where even on your exams, um, but also in every homework, on every lesson, whenever they had like a bigger assignment, you had like 20 or 30 attempts and every single time you put in one of your code blocks and would attempt it, it would then give you feedback. It would, like, show you, like, this is what the console output after running your code. So you can then take that and go back and look through and be like, what part of my code didn't work? Yeah, Where did it fail? And then hmm. you tweak it and you go in for your next attempt. And because there's 30, you're not necessarily worried about, like, trying little tweaks and testing some stuff. Um, And you're learning about like, oh, I didn't think about that thing. Oh, that's something I need to think about when I write code. And so it was one of the more satisfying learning experiences. And I feel like I took the most from that class. Mm. So I think Rabbids kind of does that. There's not Mm -hmm. a massive punishment. If you fail a level, you just get to go, all right, well, that was the wrong approach. I ran in too fast and they all murdered me. Like, what do I do (laughs) next time?
1: Mm -hmm. You know? (laughs) Yeah. And, And that's the thing, no permadeath nothing like that you just kind of like do it over again
0: yeah right or if you got kicked back a certain amount of levels or something like that it's okay round two let's try this again uh don't don't leroy jenkins this it won't work <laughs> <laughs> um jenkins. you'll just get killed uh, <laughs> yeah um no that that's cool i i like your example a lot uh with coding i think that active learning thought is really cool and i haven't yeah. um I haven't thought about that with learning. I take on. I guess a lot of times when we learn, it doesn't feel that way. So um, trying, trying to seek of, out learning experiences. I think a lot of that American
2: cool. learning experiences are not built that way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and we could do better. It's wh- what our education system? What? <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, that, that that. Yeah, that's really good. Um, all right, I feel like uh, we can hop over to our second level. I feel like yes. we've kind of set the stage for how this game works a bit, like that. Uh, World 2 is called Sherbert Desert. Uh, Enemies, it likewise has our kind of regular enemy, our hopper enemy, our smasher enemy. So you've got them going, but they add in new wrinkles to new enemies. Uh, Next up, you've got your healer, kind of your medic, who gets added so they can heal the other Rabbids who you're fighting. this can be really aggravating when you get someone down to like almost dead and then you have to end your turn and then the medic comes over and now they're back to full strength. Um, yeah. So that that was a good um, kind of addition. And then the next one is you have uh, another kind of big brute that's like the Smasher. They don't have uh, very far they can walk, but instead they have kind of a, a shotgun type of gun. And so they can just blast you. It doesn't shoot as far as some of the other rabbits' uh, type of guns can, but it deals a lot of damage. So you kind of approach them in a similar manner to the Smasher, except they have a bit more range uh, kind of to them. Um, and uh, the ones with the big guns, I don't think they chase after you if you shoot them uh, in the same way mm-hmm. as uh, the Smashers do. But, um, you know... If you're stuck next to one of them, <laughs> you might not yeah. make it. Uh, you, you don't want to be there. And I think there's some that have shields too, right? Uh, that get yes. added here.
1: Yes. Oh, I
0: hate those. those. The, yeah, those were super frustrating. So they add some wrinkles in and uh, I, I'd, I'd say make you step your game up a bit in this next world. Mm -hmm. agreed i think
2: the the thing about the smashers were like they were a little bit terrifying because they had a lot of hp and they did a lot of damage but also they were so easy to clown Mm -hmm. like you know what i mean they were very predictable and then then you start getting enemies that are not as predictable
1: (laughs) yes Mm -hmm. oh yeah and then you had some levels where you had like there were some battles i remember there was only smashers Uh i'm pretty sure yeah i was just like okay here we go because it's like big dumb brutes are going to clobber you if you if you pick the wrong spot oh they can just destroy you in a second it's like great i don't want to do this right now but no it 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 set up those enemies correctly well i i think it utilized its its uh enemy characters really well just because um it uh it, it gave you different situations within each of them that you had to think about it like differently in each battle and I and I like that about this game.
0: Yeah, it, and too, with each level having its varying combinations of enemies in a given one. So like like you said, you might have a level where it's all smashers. Then the next one, it's only smashers and the like ones with the big guns, and you're like, all right, everyone yes. has a lot of HP. How do I do this? Versus another level where it might be like, oh, they're all hoppers, so they just keep moving around, but um they're not so strong so i've just got to get them uh mm-hmm. or whatever so it, it was cool that just you could see even the variants of okay versus these five characters as opposed to this other five or whatever or i don't know if you're up against 10 okay i've got a lot of people i gotta fight or you know
1: yeah that was cool no it was it was really good it was really satisfying and just um it's just a well-designed game if i if i do say so myself mm-hmm. yeah yeah uh your bosses in
0: uh this world your mid-level bosses are uh you have a twofer you've got uh blizzy and then uh sand and so these are two rabbits who are bosses you fight at the same time you also have uh your other kind of enemies a couple of them pop up in this this was uh the first part where i struggled um and had a hard time because uh Mm -hmm. These two bosses have different ways of fighting. And so, you know, you might kill one, but, you know, it takes two of your characters are already taken out. And then it's kind of a one-on-one against a boss, <sighs> and then you lose. And you have to go back to the drawing board. Uh, this was definitely the first kind of level I played a bunch uh, until I could figure it out.
1: Oh, yeah, no. Like, I, I can say for sure that this world, uh, the desert world, I didn't like. Like, I... I'll, this is my least favorite world because of the enemy types that just kept popping up because Hmm. of, uh, Blizzy and Sandy. I just, I was not having fun. Well, like I was still having fun because it was still a fun giggly game. But in terms of like the gameplay, I was like, okay, this is not, I wasn't having fun in this one.
2: I, I don't remember, I don't remember just like, I know that I had to try Blizzy and Sandy, I think like two or three times. So I know it like yeah. got me for a second, but I don't think I remember having, I don't know. I don't know that I have a world that is like my favorite, my least favorite. I think the game is like too short for me to be like, wow, I really hated this part and this part was great. Um, <laughs> oh, I have my favorite world for sure. Like this is my least favorite. I have sure. my favorite theme of a world, but I also think it was the world that Ooh. I struggled the most in. Mm. Um, interestingly.
1: I don't want to say... Just it's a
2: spoiler. It's one of the next two. <laughs> 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 yeah.
1: Um, but no, the Sh- Desert. I was just kind of like, um, I, I like like with you, Dan. I, this is I was I was beginning to struggle because me and you are coming into this in a way of like we're not strategy gamers, right? And this is where it's it's going from World One, where it's like, okay, it's a strategy game. Okay, you get it now. Okay, World Two. Go! It's like, and if you're not a strategy gamer, like I'm scared. I don't want to do this. <laughs> um, no, I think I think it's it introduces itself well in World One, and then in World Two, it's starting to be like, okay, we're trusting you now. Can you do this without peeing your pants? And I'm like, no, I can't. <laughs> No, yeah. And and it makes you utilize the things
0: they give you. So, like, yes. I think before this, I was like, ah, eh, I don't know, I'm just using the weapons they gave me. And then I was like, all right, I need better weapons. Or, yes. okay, I have to be thoughtful about my skill tree instead of just being like, oh, this seems good. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that this is the part where it really made you, like, no, you can't play this game and not understand strategy and not use your characters well and blah, blah, blah. Like this part is mm-hmm. the, that definitive point. And if you don't want to do that, then this is probably where people stop playing the game. But uh-huh. if they were like, okay, I'm going to adjust. I'm going to change. I'm going to buy into the things they want you to do. Mm-hmm. Well, then, I, I don't know. I feel like that really elevates what comes later on as as you've grown as a strategy person and as the game keeps throwing you new shit. Yes, I agree yeah um you're kind of other boss in this battle your kind of final boss is an ice golem um uh, yeah that was that was definitely uh a tough one um and i guess this moves us on to our third world spooky trails uh this one was fun i like the aesthetic of this world um <laughs>
1: andrew this is yeah my, this is my favorite
0: me too <laughs> <Yay! Okay. laughs>
2: yeah, um but this is also the one where I like actually got stuck for a while. Yes. Yes.
0: Yeah. I and I, I think we probably got stuck at the same spot. Um yep. so here, okay, your bad guys. You return with your regular one, your hopper one, your smasher one, your healer, and your big guns. But they add two more enemy types. You've got a sniper, uh, so they can deal damage from far away. Um and then you also uh i think also the snipers can uh they move by like uh kind of appearing somewhere else right is that what they do um if i'm remembering right where they kind of like ghost and then it's oh they're on the other ledge oh Uh, yes um so a thing that was tough with them is you didn't get a lot of chances to dash them you really had to shoot them from afar but they could keep moving away from you and try to draw you in and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other bad guy that gets introduced is one with a machine gun. So they don't just shoot you one time, but they get to shoot you multiple times. Or shoot a bunch of small bullets at you. So you might get hit five or six times kind of thing. Um, so add more to it. Uh, cool scenery with spooky trails. Uh, it felt very uh, Halloween kind of stuff. That was fun. Yes. Um <laughs> Your mid-level boss here is a boss called Calavera, who's like a skeleton kind of deal. Um, Yeah, I'm
1: trying to remember who that one was. I'm just going to do a quick Google search of the I'm looking
2: at a picture of Calavera, and still it's not ringing bells on this boss fight for me, to be honest. Yeah. So I guess it just wasn't that remarkable.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I don't think it was either. It didn't stick in my head very much. But uh, your ultimate showdown, though, is with... Oh, uh, yeah. the phantom of the opera boss that who, <laughs>
2: was who i'm I sorry bolt hot take hot take greatest enemy that mario has ever faced
0: Ooh, yes 100 yes, I, I
2: did i was not prepared for a two-minute operatic roast session of mario but he went in <laughs> yes, he <laughs> it was, was so all good for
1: it oh, i love this one like this was like my favorite boss battle in the entire game Yeah, Uh, Mm -hmm. just because there was a lot of strategy put forth, because, again, he's roasting you. It hurts your soul. It's fine. (laughs) But at (laughs) the same time, it's like, um, didn't you have to go on, like, some sides and, like, flip switches? And then, yeah, you had to turn off the generators. Mm
2: -hmm. Yes, you had
1: to turn off. Oh, it was so good. So you had to dodge these enemies, uh, attack the enemies, but at the same time, get to a certain area, turn off the generators. Oh, it was this one. I. Because like you said, Andrew, with Calavera, I'm looking at images. I'm just like, I recognize this one, but like didn't really strike a bell. But the Phantom, oh, that was that was so satisfying to beat and to play through. I I I even lost.
2: I lost my first run of the Phantom because I was like too focused on like the little ghosts and all the crap he was summoning and like, you know what I mean? I just did not know. That I needed to hone in on the generators like immediately and ignore everything else, kind of thing. Mm. Um, and I remember losing it, but this is one of the few times in my entire life that I lost a boss battle that was led in by like a three minute cutscene and then I just rewatched the cutscene because it was that great.
0: Yes. <laughs> it, oh. it was so good. Yeah. Such a good cutscene. Uh, it's so fun. Uh, this one, for me, this was probably the part I struggled the most in the game. And earlier on before this, I learned that you can, like, double your HP before a battle starts Uh um, if you're struggling. And I I did it some along the way before this. But then for this battle, I had to do it the whole time and still failed multiple times. Like, it was just tough. (laughs) I just Mm -hmm. didn't have the strategy down for a little while. Because, like you said, you have to destroy the orb. Then they're vulnerable. Then you can attack him. uh, But then you've got the other guys around. And, you know, you're just kind of really like trying to manage a whole bunch of things at the same time um mm-hmm. and and also because the phantom was roasting you so much you're
1: like I gotta take you out um, I, it's like it just has to happen man I'm sorry I'm just I hate you right now <laughs> right yeah but oh it was so good this I think
0: this was the highlight of the game for me too and if this would have been the last boss of the game I think it would have been a
1: cool way to end the game <laughs> yes yeah I agree with that yes mm-hmm so good. Yeah, I mean, I always
2: like a spooky vibe world anyway, so I was gonna be predisposed to like this world.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And also, um, this was was this where you got Rabid Yoshi? Who did we get here? I, I think, you're right. Yes. I think you're right. I'm pretty sure it was Rabid Yoshi, and I like was really excited to have Rabid Yoshi for whatever reason. I don't I don't have a specific reason that I was, but <laughs> I was really excited to get him. I don't even think I used him that much.
0: <laughs> yeah no, but i was like I, yeah i don't think
2: i used but rabbit yoshi uh, at all i got stuck i think it was like level like six seven or eight somewhere in that range i really got stuck for like a while in this world mm-hmm. and i don't know why but i just i know that i was like there for a while and i actually like had to walk away from the game because so i was like nope i don't
1: i don't know <laughs> i remember that yes yeah. so like, i was like i was very frustrated in this world but I I was favorite for me. Aesthetically. I liked the bosses. I liked the ghost mechanic where they, they appear in one place and then go in another. Mm -hmm. I I liked the mechanics, but it was frustrated for a while. I think
0: you have a tough escort mission on this one where you have to go pretty far. And there's a lot of the ghost snipers along the way. So you're like, fuck toad, like stop getting shot. (laughs) 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 Like, (laughs) yeah, that, uh, yeah, this was a this was a tough section of the game, but was just so satisfying, as well. And I don't know, the vibes for sure. All the spooky vibes were great.
1: Oh yeah, no, I th- this was definitely like my favorite world. I had the most memories of this, um, except for Calavera. Apparently, I don't remember that one, but <laughs> I, I definitely enjoyed my time with this one. Hmm. Um. Cool. Uh, this takes us to our final level. This is,
0: uh, the Lava Pit. Here, you get all of your same enemies as before. Uh, your Regular, your Hopper, your Smasher, Healer, uh, one with the big guns, Sniper, and your Machine Gun. So, all of them actually say the same. Your big difference here is you get a lot more bosses along the way. Mm -hmm. Um, I I guess I didn't say this along the way. Also, with each type of enemy you get their aesthetics do change based on the kind of world you're in. So when we're in the spooky one, all of your varying generic bad guys do have a spooky look to them. Or when they're in ancient gardens, they looked a different way. So uh, I, I felt like that kind of kept, kept things a little fun in that way as well. Oh, but, for sure, yeah. Um, so Lava Battle, um, or Lava Pit, your boss battles, uh, you have got one against uh, Mecha Bowser Jr. So Bowser's got kind of a a big machine that Bowser Jr. is working with. Uh, you beat Bowser Jr., and then he kind of like is like, hey, I made a bunch of messes while my dad was gone. Can you help me? And so then you kind <laughs> of help him after that. <laughs> um, uh, another boss battle you get is you fight uh, Rabid Wario and Rabid Waluigi. Uh, I thought this one was really fun. It wasn't that hard um, for me personally, but I thought it was really fun. Just seeing the rapid versions of them and you know how silly that is.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to remember them too. Um, I'm Google. Oh yes, okay. They they were fun. I remember that, that one. I just mm-hmm. looked up an image. Yeah, I had I had some fun with them too. <laughs> they were cool.
0: Yeah, um, and then you have another boss battle against uh, the Lava Queen, and then your final boss battle is this uh, Megan Mega Dragon Bowser who uh, I think gets pulled in by um, what is it, the super merch. Bowser gets kind of pulled into this, uh yep. yes. in here and you have this kind of big final boss battle to end the game. which um, was this funny like twist
2: on the typical Mario thing where like Bowser is the active antagonist versus mm. like Bowser just accidentally got sucked in. He was literally like not trying to be involved in this at all. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: Right.
1: <laughs> no, this one I remember like I remember thinking, like, this is a really good ending boss because, it, it, of course, it's a Mario game. You mm-hmm. have to end it on Bowser, but it was Bowser with a twist because, like, what Andrew said, like, Bowser's just, like, trying to do his own thing. But this isn't really Bowser. It's, it's Mega Dragon Bowser. Um, it It ended the game so well and with such great strategy. I actually had to play this through a few amount of times like Mm -hmm. I I I definitely died a lot on this one and mostly because and this is what's great about this game I love playing games that when you fail it's not I can curse on this podcast yeah yes okay I was gonna say like it's not bullshitty like Mm -hmm. right right now I'm I'm playing the Callisto protocol which I love I'm I'm digging the Callisto protocol but there are definitely times where it's bullshitty like, there's, it's definitely, like, I died and that wasn't my fault. Like, but a lot of times in this game, you don't feel that way. You you fall down because you're just like, okay, that was my fault. I can improve next time. Mm-hmm. Like, and I love playing games like that where it's just like, okay, that was definitely my fault. Let me do this again. I, I, th- that That's the kind of failing I want to do in a game. And this, especially in this boss battle, I felt like that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: yeah. I think it's nice. And, and this is especially a thing that I think tactics games have to be careful of. Obviously, there's always a little bit of um, adding some randomness or adding some unexpected things in is good because I think one of the fun challenges of a tactics game is having to adapt to situations, right? Like, you're if you just are able to, for every single battle in the entire game, just plan out a strategy and execute it flawlessly without anything causing a hitch in the wagon, like... Yes. You know, then it's it gets a little blasé by the end of it versus if the game does well at throwing curveballs at you, mm-hmm. but there's not so many curveballs or they're not so egregious that you're just like, I couldn't have done anything. You know, I think it's the when, when you're like, I couldn't have done anything to s- save this situation, that it gets a little frustrating or... Or in a game like this, where it's, like, little things, but it bumps you back to the beginning and you know, there's not really the same amount of punishment. At least with this, you can just try the battle again. Mm-hmm. Um, the nice and the smart thing in this game is that the battles are short. You know, like a Fire yes. Emblem game, the battles can take up to two hours by the end of the game. So, if you have something happen towards the end of a two-hour battle, and now you have to go do two hours again. <laughs> yes. Like, that kind of sucks, and it, especially if it was something like they got a random 1% chance of a critical hit, and you're like, great, cool, mm-hmm. what was I supposed to do here?
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's a good point. I, I, I think that's something that is really nice in this, is that, um I don't know. I, I, I think for games where you... Obviously, a lot of times in games, you fail what you're trying to do. Um, and it brings a certain level of frustration. But I never felt this way in this game where I was like, I don't want to play this anymore because I'm too angry. <laughs> um, or yes. like, you know, uh, all right, fuck that game. I'm not playing anymore. I never felt that way. Even when I failed, instead it... um, I don't know, almost encouraged failure. Like, like you were describing earlier on in the sh- episode, Andrew. Like okay i know i can do this differently what do i gotta do what don't i Mm -hmm. quite get you know how Mm -hmm. can i make this happen and i I don't know i think that that's a i think they really hit a mark that um i don't know can be easy to miss um where like I, i i've played different games not strategy ones but where you know i'll be like all right i'm stuck what do i do and i look up what to do and i'm like I never would have thought of that even like that. Yes. <laughs> I, I couldn't yeah. intuit that. Um, maybe I'm dumb or maybe they're wrong, but this one, <laughs> it didn't feel that way at all. Like mm-hmm. instead it was like, okay, I can figure this out. Like there, there's just, I'm not applying one of the things they've taught me. Right. So what, are, what, what is the thing that I'm missing here? Um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. R- really enjoyable space to play in. like, well done uh, this game for sure.
1: Oh yeah. No, well, well, well-paced. Uh, give gives yourself uh, enough tools to complete each level, but you have to utilize those tools in the correct manner. Uh, it's a great entry point to anybody that wants to try strategy games. No, it's a, it's a, it was a great ending to a great game.
2: Mm. Yeah, it was very. This felt like, this game felt like a package with a little bow on it. Like you know what I mean. Yes. It was. It was nice. It wrapped up as you needed it to. It felt good. Uh, there was nothing convoluted with it. It it surprised you at times, but never in a way that was like, well, now I have to like completely rethink everything. Like it was all this like well crafted, smooth process, stayed at a, a relative level of simplicity. So you were thinking, but you never had to think too hard. Where you're like giving yourself migraines or anything. Um, and had a lot of, like, little satisfaction and, like we said, a really quirky sense of humor that it used really effectively. Um, And so it was just, like, fun throughout and very satisfying and
0: a thoroughly enjoyable process. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Awesome. I'd say from here, we've gotten to talk about a lot in this game. I think we could move finally to kind of our general thoughts section where we can talk about anything in this game that hasn't come up. I only have one thing, and we've alluded to it some along the way, but I'm excited to play Mario uh, Rabbit Sparks of Hope, the sequel to this game that came out uh, this year. I've seen uh, a lot of good things about it uh, that people have said, and I don't know. My time enjoying this and hearing that it's better than what this was is uh, super intriguing because I like this a lot, and um, I don't know. I, I, I can't wait to find out what is next someday when I pick that up
1: yeah no um you know this whole talk all about mario rabbits you know what and i want to kind of replay it now like i I kind (laughs) of i definitely want to replay kingdom battle now because it's just like it was so good in the way that it was it it gave you a good tool to go off of uh and even thinking about the next game um interesting fact about the next game sparks of hope uh it won Best Sim Strategy Game at the Game Awards this year. Ooh, that's awesome! It it won against Dune Spice Wars, Total War, uh, Total War Warhammer Three, Two Point Campus, and Victoria Three. And the winner was Mario Rabbit: Sparks of Hope. So it did win at the Game Awards. Um, I can't believe
2: it took down Timothy Chalamet.
1: I know, dude. Like. Youtuber now failure. Wow, Timothy Chalamet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, it, it definitely is like one of those games. It's just like it's definitely pick up and go. And from what I heard about uh, Sparks of Hope, uh, and I do and I do watch some Arlo here and there. But even Arlo said that like everything I loved about the first game, Kingdom Battle, Sparks of Hope did better. And Because I love Kingdom Battle so much, you know, maybe I will pick it up used at my in my local game store someday, (laughs) hopefully. hopefully. (laughs) (laughs) As long as it doesn't go to Yeeves, I'll ask him like, hey, you got do you know a guy named Yeeves and like no? I'm like, you're sweating. What are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I don't
2: know. I I have It's been a weird past couple years for me and like with with uh different mental health stuff with the pandemic i feel like i have gone very away from buying many new games um unless i feel like i know what they're gonna be in a very comfortable way but even then sometimes i don't know i've been playing a lot of familiar stuff i've been playing a lot of like simple gameplay that's very satisfying but pretty mindless uh story games are not doing it for me right now (laughs) (laughs) um and then so I do think that this podcast. would probably what?
1: <laughs> then you're on the wrong podcast. You
2: <laughs> no, this is the greatest silly ever played, right? <laughs> 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 For this episode, it kind of is. It um, definitely is. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I like. I think it was one of those things where the announcement of Sparks of Hope came at a time when I was like not interested in new games or hearing that they existed, and so. I didn't have much reaction to it and I haven't really thought about getting it but I do think I would enjoy it. So, I'll probably pick it up eventually.
1: Yeah, like I I'm with you that when Sparks of Hope came out, I was like, uh, you know, I'm still I'm still kind of distance, distancing distancing good gravy uh, myself from from Ubisoft, but I don't know, like coming on this podcast and just talking about how much I adored this You know, it's, it's, it's sparking my hope for this game. (laughs) Oh boy. Like, yeah, yeah, I was not, I was not looking at it at all, but you know, it's, it's definitely a good, it's, it's a good game. Like whether or not I agree with the company, it's a well-designed game. It's so good. And Sparks of Hope is definitely going to be that. And I'm with you, Andrew, where Callisto Protocol is probably the first new game I picked up in like oh I can't even remember how many years but I love Dead Space. Um mm-hmm. and I was just like, yeah, I'll I'll get that. I'll definitely get that. And I'm loving my time with it. Oh, Ali Ali World. I'm stupid. I've been playing Ali Ali <laughs> World. That's new. Um but yeah, no, it's if if it's if it's something I like, I'll pick it up. Like skateboarding or like Dead Space. So, Sparks of Hope is definitely going to be like, okay, you're going to like this because you like Game in battle.
0: Yeah, no. yeah. Maybe uh, somewhere down the line, we'll all pick up used copies and uh, come back and talk about it someday. So we'll yeah. we'll have to we'll have to keep that up and uh, <laughs> check it check in somewhere uh, next year or later on mm-hmm. or whatever. And if we can all get some cheap copies, maybe we'll do this again. Um, <laughs> For sure. Yeah. No. Yeah, that'd be cool. I don't know. I feel like we've said it. I, I feel like I've said everything I have on this game. Do you have other thoughts that we haven't gotten to talk about for either of you? Uh, I don't I think th- so. Rabbit Peaches Eskimo. Queen. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Two very opposite thoughts. We love that. <laughs>
0: uh, that's great. Um, Cool. That's great. Um, I, last thing that I do have here, uh, I got a piece of listener feedback. Uh, Cameron wrote in on Twitter and said that this game was surprisingly great. The sequel is even better. So, uh, again, kind of more love for the sequel. Um, yeah. So, yeah, cool stuff. Um, yeah. I guess right, before Cameron, we...
2: I hold you personally responsible if the sequel's not better. <laughs> Cameron,
1: we know where you live, Cameron. Me and Andrew are going to come in we're gonna kiss your forehead you're not gonna oh. like it at all <laughs> no boy a- Andrew come on you gotta agree with me what yeah, if
2: Cameron on. is just a was is just a facade and it's eaves
0: <laughs> yo
1: Cameron, <laughs> come on
0: <laughs> that that would be the <laughs> the deepest is <laughs> yeah. Cameron, we're on to you now yeah <laughs> uh, eves is happy he knows adam's gonna spend money now (laughs) i broke him he Um, did it (laughs) i've done it i'm saved i get to keep my job (laughs) no um no this was great thank you both for coming on i really enjoyed getting to hang out and talk to you guys uh about this this was super great um i want to give you both a chance uh again just to tell people where you're at where to find you all of that stuff um Uh, so people can check out the cool stuff that you're doing.
1: Yeah, uh, Andrew, go first. Sure.
2: Uh, I'm not really on that much social media anymore. I guess if you want to find me on Twitter, I'm at Andrew Orsi. All I do now is post pictures of food and how I've played shield, Pokemon shield, 18 times in a row. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, But if you want to follow Black to Gold, uh, we're at, uh, at Black to Gold Music on Instagram. I think we are B two G music NYC on TikTok. We really did a good job of keeping handles consistent. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if you find us on one of the social media platforms, it'll have links where you can find the rest. So Black to Gold yes. music on Instagram is probably the easiest one, or you can just search us up on uh, streaming services. So mm-hmm.
1: nice. Uh, I will say this: that uh, go listen to Black to Gold, Wide Awake. That was such a banger album. I listened to it many, many times already yeah. it's so it's so good uh you should definitely listen to that um so that's another another like feedback go 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 listen to it stop it um <laughs> uh, if you want to find me i'm on twitter at ace the grocer uh caster garden had a twitter account but uh <laughs> it, it was locked by twitter i d- don't know why <laughs> Like literally, I sent out like a couple tweets saying like, "Hey, I'm on Twitter," and Twitter's like, "Oh, this is, it's hacked. It's ha- what? Do you, <laughs> no, what? No," and now it's restricted. So, caster garden uh, is on LoFi. Um, ca- uh, that's caster O R at the end. Caster Garden LoFi on Instagram. Uh, by the way, if you're wondering why named Caster Garden. Uh, Caster Gardens is the section of Philadelphia that I grew up in. So uh, yeah, mm. now, now everybody knows, um, the rabbits with guns, the rabbits with guns. Yes, there, it's is. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Stay <laughs> out of Caster Gardens if you want your safety. Uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah, so at Ace the Grocer, uh, follow Caster Garden Lo-Fi and you know, check out if you like life is strange. If you like uh, story games, definitely check out Strange Cast. It's mm-hmm. on uh, it's, it's on the YouTube's with Player One versus the World. It's on Adnan's uh, YouTube. And um, yeah, uh, don't find my address. I I, I will <laughs> kick you in the balls. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> wait can I tell can I reveal
2: to the world the story of uh how black to cold almost got locked out of its twitter before it even, or not black to gold um, please do how good yes, game please. great game almost got locked out of its twitter before it even existed <laughs> oh. <laughs> so this is this is a throwback I was creating the twitter for good game great game so I guess this was probably I think we did it after a few episodes had been released so we like existed but we didn't exist because no one knew about us yet <laughs> so I was making twitter and I was like oh what would be so cute when I put in birth date if I put the date that our first episode released and then Twitter oh. immediately locked me out of the account and said you are less than a month old? Yeah. <laughs> it thought I was a literal <laughs> baby trying to make a Twitter account and it locked us out and we had to wait fourteen days for them to scan my my driver's license to get back into the Good Game Great Game Twitter. Oh wow! My God. That's oh, funny. that's really funny. <laughs> yeah so i had to text zach and kevin and be like boys i did it bad
0: <laughs> you could have been a uh, good game great game too on twitter i know if yeah, that wouldn't have got solved <laughs> oh God, i uh, love twitter yeah it's it's a totally great place now um <laughs> That's why Castor Garden got locked out is that you were sending flight patterns. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) There's the one. There's the one. That's what it was. I just tweeted a couple things. It would have been okay if the flight patterns were an hour later, but
2: you were tweeting them out too fast.
1: (laughs) Sorry, guys. I just like flights. Who am I to say? (laughs) (laughs) No. Uh,
0: No, that's awesome. Thank you for both of your things there. Uh, Though, again, they're in the show notes. Please check out what they do. Uh, Yeah. Lots of great stuff. Also, go to the archives of Games and Groceries, of Good Game, Great Game. Uh, Both of those, lots of timeless stuff on there that are super enjoyable uh, still now today. So, you know, totally go listen to those as well. Um, And, uh, yeah, I guess if you want to talk to me on Twitter, uh, I'm there at StoryEverPod. Our website's TheGreatestStoryEverPlayed.com. That's got uh, all of our episodes on it. Also, we're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you'd go. Andrew has been on the show a couple times and Adam, uh, also several times. Uh, I think most recently Adam was on unpacking, uh, and yes. it was a little after he moved. So it was very relevant, <laughs> um, at that yes. time, but, and, and each of them, multiple more episodes before that, uh, if you just look up good game, great game or, uh, games and groceries on, uh, our podcast feed, you'll find all the episodes, both of them have been on, go listen to those. If you want more of us chatting. And uh, yeah, thanks for hanging out.